Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast. This first episode of 2017 is brought to you by 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. Listen, we're through the holidays. We're starting a new year. I don't know if any of you had this experience. Were you at any party or any function where people kind of sat down and you got cornered and you had to look at somebody's family photos? I mean, like they put it up on a slideshow and this is my uncle and this is my aunt and this is our new niece and this is whatever. And of course, this is very passionate to them, right? Like they want you to love these photos the way they love these photos. But bottom line, it's just not your family. And you're kind of having to sit there and go through the motions and act excited. And uh, truly, you're supposed to be excited, but you're really not because it's not related to you. Here's why I bring that up. That's the way most customers feel when they go to your website. (laughs) It's all about you. It's about the stuff you love about your company. It's the photos of your staff. It's the stuff that you love about your product. But it's just not translating. They aren't getting passionate. There are reasons for that. There are rules that you cannot break when you create a website. And we know those rules. If you want a website that everybody gets excited about, and here's what I mean, a website for your company that when your customers go to it, they feel like they're reading into their story. They feel like they want to dive in. They feel like you finally understand them. If you want to know what the rules are to create a website like that, I've got a resource for you. It's 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. That's where I want you to go. 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. I've got three five-minute videos that will help you create a message around your brand that customers will love, they will engage, and they will buy. 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. Stop boring your customers. You're killing them. 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller, and I'm joined by my co-host, J.J. Peterson. Hello, Don. J.J., welcome to 2017. Thank you very much. Are you as excited as I am to be in a new year? I really am. I love the new year. I love every year when we get to start over and basically reflect on what's happened before and build towards something. Are you a reflector? Are you a looker backer or a looker forward? Every time I go through a transition, I go Mm -hmm. through what I call a point of demarcation, where I actually take a day and reflect on the past, what I've just experienced. Do you really? Do you, yes, uh, do you I really like do. it's a formal process? Yep. And I sit there and I ask questions along the lines of what did I learn? What did I do well? What can I celebrate? And what can I mourn? And then I wow. kind of close that season and move on to the it's next very year. Very official. Well, I that's what people say about <laughs> me a lot is I'm really structured and I'm really like Nobody has ever I said that about up. you. <laughs> well it's surprising because you're totally. sort of a creative guy and yeah, that's a, a learned, linear process. I just learned that in order for me to kind of move forward and be able to focus on new things, I had to actually close the door to former seasons. And so I really did. When you're doing something that just goes on and on and on, you have to take points and say, okay, this season's done and now I'm moving forward so I can focus on the future. And you don't bring any of the residue with you from the past. I mean, you've learned from it. You mourn the things you want to mourn and you celebrate the things you celebrate. But at the same time, it's time to focus on the future. I'm a future guy. A hundred percent. Yeah, I really do. I process the past as somebody else's life. Really? Yeah, might as well be my <laughs> Uncle Joe. Do you remember that time you were involved in this? Yeah, well, I, I think, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. See, that guy I, was... <laughs> I, you know, I know that like a lot of people are like, oh, you should reminisce, but I'm a big reminiscer. I nah, loved it. I, go, I would sit here right now and go, remember that time we did the podcast interview? Remember, <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Oh, that was so fun. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I wish I had a little bit of that ability, but I'm telling you, it doesn't exist. It, I mean, it's like... 
<laughs> what I just love looking ahead because you know there's one month out of the year, really one week out of the year, maybe mm-hmm. two weeks, where everybody in the country has joined me in looking forward, right? Yeah, like we're yeah. all just thinking about what's coming, and yeah. that's the point of today's podcast. That's the lesson of today's podcast. We want to talk about and give everybody a practical tool they can use to plan the future, and Mm -hmm. execute those plans. And this is going to reveal the absolute geek nature of my existence. (laughs) Because years ago, I actually created what's called a productivity schedule. We we bill it as the story brand productivity schedule. It is one page on a sheet of paper that I fill out every single day, every working day. I bet you I fill it out four to six times a week. And it's a page that I created that just helps me be way more productive. Yeah. And I've given it away for years. I think we gave it away a few years ago. I had like 40 or 50,000 people. And we just haven't talked about it in a long time. And yet yeah. I keep using it. Yeah. And it's a fascinating tool that helps me get things done. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the psychology of it today yeah. and kind of go into detail of it. Sound good to you? Yeah. And we're going to give this to people. They can download yeah, yeah, you can get this it for free. actual. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to buildingastorybrand.com slash worksheet, mm-hmm. this is a cool thing that our producer, Tim has done. He's giving away a worksheet every time we do a podcast for the first four episodes. Yep. And if people download the worksheet, then he's going to keep doing it. And if they don't, he's not. <laughs> no. so he's holding it yeah. over our heads. Yeah. If we so do not go download, download this worksheet. It, people. Download th- it. This one, you got to download. Yeah. I actually took, the last time I talked about this in public, I was with about uh, 100 artists, singer-songwriters here in Nashville. And you know, singer-songwriter, that's a tough life in <laughs> yeah. terms of just when do you work, when do you not work, uh-huh. you're never on, you're never off. Yeah. And so it was literally kind of like, how do we rein in these sheep and cats to get their yeah. brains working in the right direction? And it was fascinating. And all of them downloaded it. Many of them started using it, and it helped them write more songs, which translated into more money and all this kind of yeah. stuff. But the thing is, I'm a dreamer, and the downside of being a dreamer is you're often not very good at execution. <laughs> I have had to train myself that the only things that really get into your story are the things you got done. Yeah. Right? You can't dream about characters. You actually have to write about you them. You actually have get, to live the story versus you have just dreaming to, about it. <laughs> you have to live the story. So the way this thing was created was it was a time when I had made an investment. I'd been a best-selling author, and I, and I made a lot of money doing that. And mm-hmm. I bought a house. This was in 2006. By 2008, I'd lost about 25% of the value of that house. <laughs> yes, along with the rest of America. I was going to buy a house from a guy named Richard Bach. Richard Bach wrote a book called Jonathan Livingston Siegel. And he had this amazing house in the, the hills of Portland, and it was up for sale. He didn't know who I was, but I saw his house. I wanted to buy his house. He had this little writing room underneath the house. And I was going to buy it, and so I sold my house, and he sold his house before I could buy his house. So I'm sitting on all this money. This is a long story. (laughs) Sitting on all this money, and it is my life savings. It's, you know, I grew up dirt poor. This is like a large amount of money for me. And I put it all to an investment, and it was a short-term investment. I was assured it was a pretty good thing, and I could get the money back in three to six months and then find a house. Yeah, yeah. Lost it all, JJ. Lost all ev- of it. Lost all of it. Wow. And was living in an apartment. Two of my closest friends in Portland moved away. And so my sort of community structure had fallen apart. My finances had fallen apart. And suddenly my identity had fallen apart. 
right at the time I had started to seriously date Betsy. You were a catch. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, How you scored that? <laughs> no job, no place to live. Ugh. Lost it all. Wow. So in the midst of this, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. And it was the best thing that's ever happened to me because it forced me to kind of take responsibility for my life. And one of the things I had to take responsibility for was I could no longer just be the creative writer. Yeah. I had to become a pretty good, and I, I'd run a business before, but I had to get back in the steering wheel of running my own business. And mm -hmm. uh, I let go of my manager who had done great work for years. And I, I didn't let it go of him because he wasn't doing a good job. I let him go because I needed to grab the steering wheel yeah. of my life. Switched around my company from being a writer with an assistant to being an actual company. Mm -hmm. Hired somebody to run my company, and I became a business person again. Yeah, Miraculously, that was... Oh, gee whiz, that was probably four and a half years ago. Uh -huh. So it wasn't very long ago. Yeah. But now the company makes what I lost every month. <laughs> and that's a radical yeah, yeah. shift. That's a and radical you have turnaround. And way more people working for you yeah, now. Yeah, seven or eight. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's a completely different life. I attribute that miraculous turnaround to this one page. Really? I really do. Every day it gets me focused and on track. Yeah to do the things that matter. Yeah. And also, there's several mind tricks on the page that bring about a lot of productivity, and mm -hmm. I'll explain those. Anyway, I ended up, of course, I lost my house. I was living in an apartment. I chased Betsy to Washington, D.C. I sold everything that I owned. <laughs> I bought a Volkswagen camping van, uh -huh. and my dog and I moved to D.C. Uh -huh. On the way to D.C., I had downloaded uh, eight or 10 or 12 books on productivity, books on willpower, books mm -hmm. on creative process, books on managing money, books on all these kinds of stuff. And, you know, so imagine those 100 hours of listening to this stuff. And I took the best nuggets I learned from all those books and I turned it into this one page. And all I do Every morning, I go out to the writing shed. I have a three-ring binder of the exact same page reprinted yeah, 500 times. It. Yeah, mm -hmm. And I fill it out. Mm -hmm. And I fill it out. It's the very first thing I do. I fill this thing out. And it organizes my brain really for the rest of the day. So I wanted to share this tool with everybody else. I think if you are the type of mind who gets distracted very easily, yep. if you are the type of mind who knows there's something important that you should be working on uh -huh. and yet finds yourself working hard on things that are not Unimportant. important, uh -huh. then you're probably the type of person who gets distracted very easily and you need some focus. And the gift of this episode to you, the listener, is I want to give you a tool to teach you how to focus. I am yeah. convinced that focus is the key to success. Yes. That the ability to say no to opportunities that are not in line with your goals and your objectives is the key to success. Yeah. I call it putting a little bit on the plot. If we can put a little bit on the plot of the story that we want to write yeah. every day, at the end of the year, we're going to see a lot done. Yeah. And I think focus is the key. If there's one discipline you can learn as the leader of your organization, it's be focused. The universe is working against you being focused, <laughs> and we <laughs> so must combat the universe. So I want to go through this. Listen, you're going to need to download it and go through it with me. Some of you are driving. Try to imagine it in your head, but as soon as you get to the office or as soon as you get home, go to buildingastorybrand.com slash worksheet and look for the story brand productivity schedule. I want to walk you through each component of this schedule in one page and tell you why it's on the page and why you need to fill it out and what it's going to do to your brain. Does that sound good? I'm excited about it. So the first part of this worksheet is 
the date. Yeah. <laughs> it's very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're worried that this is going to be a complicated process, just let me ease your mind right now. The first step, you put the date. There's actually a little bit of science behind this, yeah. right? If you have a predated calendar, which is fine, and a lot of us have digital calendars, I like paper. That's yeah, the yeah. other thing about this is it's on paper. Yeah, yeah. And you fill in the date. You know, my designer will print out three or four hundred of these at a time, and once a year or so hands me three or four hundred, and I make myself a new one. If I skip a day, what I don't want to see is that day going blank. Yeah. Because psychologically, let's say I flew to Omaha to meet with a company, I come back two days later, what does my brain think? Now, your brain is incredibly sophisticated. It's an incredibly sophisticated organ, but it's also like a child. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, there's parts of your brain that don't know that you were in Omaha and it's just looking at a blank page yeah. and it's thinking you didn't get anything done. Yeah. That's the wrong psychological message to send to your brain. So if I fill out a date, that date gets used. And yeah. I hope that it, you know at the end of a year, there's 365 days, I'm hoping 250 of those, we made progress on something and it's documented in this planner. Yeah. So I don't predate these pages. I write the date on top. And even though that seems like a simple, easy way to do it, it there's actually some psychology behind it. And this whole yeah. thing is built on the stuff that I learned reading these books yeah. about how the brain works. So yes, the first thing you do <laughs> put the in date. the morning is you fill out that date. Now, there's a process for this. When mm -hmm. I get to the shed, I plug in my computer. I bring my laptop into the shed. I plug mm -hmm. it into a, a monitor. And I see two Slack messages, four text messages come in. Usually about 25 emails yeah, yeah. come in, and my computer is automatically doing this. And at that point, I could jump into those emails. It would be a mistake. Yeah. What I do is I grab my three-ring binder, and I fill this form out. Because it's only after I fill this form out, which takes me about four minutes, after I fill this form out, then I know what to do with those emails. Yeah. And before that, I've not built up a barrier wall that protects me from distraction. Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to do an important thing you are going to be attacked with distraction. There's something in the universe that doesn't want important things to get yep. done, and this is my barrier. So it's the very first thing I do, and it starts by filling out that date. On this date, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> January 16th, <laughs> on this date, I am going to commit to focus at least part of my day to get something done. So the date comes first. Yeah, well then the next section that you fill out is a section that has just a question. And you say, if I could live today over again, I'd... Yeah, that's the statement. If I could live today over again, I'd... And then there's five or six bullet points of mm -hmm. things that you would do... For you to fill in. If this were the second time you'd experience this day. Now, this yeah. is a... A mental trick, but it's also a powerful psychological tool created by Viktor Frankl. Viktor mm -hmm. Frankl was a psychologist in the 40s. Frankl came up with logotherapy. Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, has sold, I think, 11 or 12 million copies, something like that. But he was a psychologist who contended with Sigmund Freud. And Sigmund mm -hmm. Freud said, and it was alive during the days of Freud, Yeah. Sigmund Freud posited that the chief pursuit of man, the driving force that drives our personality, is the pursuit of pleasure. Frankel contended, and Frankel said, it isn't pleasure that man wants most, it's a deep sense of meaning, mm. and when he cannot find meaning, he distracts himself with pleasure. Mm. Therefore, it looks like the dominant pursuit of man is, is the pursuit pleasure. of pleasure, but man is actually numbing himself because he had, can't find meaning. And then he had a really great formula, if you will, for finding a deep, meaningful life. Yeah. One of the tools that Frankel would use with his patients is he would say, Pretend you're living this day for the second time and don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> so you actually 
preempt the day by saying, okay, if I had lived January 16th yesterday, and now I'm going to live it again, what would I do differently? I think it's one of the most wonderful tools you can use to preempt mistakes in your day. So I have started the last 100 days or so by writing in the top bullet point, focus and finish. Mm. If you could live today over again. If I could live today over again, I would focus on something and I would finish it. At the end of the day, I know I'm going to regret this day if I didn't finish writing that email campaign, if I didn't finish editing that website that we're creating, if I didn't finish this project for X client. I don't like half-done projects. So I tell myself at the beginning of the day, I need to focus on something and finish it today. I almost always write, connect with Betsy. I will regret this day if work gets in the way of family. So I just need to somehow connect with Betsy today. So those are the sorts of things that you write here. And this acknowledges that we are human beings, that we're not just widgets in a factory, cogs in a wheel, not invented just to produce things. We actually have to deal with our humanness, and that's a gift. You know, So it's okay if you write the same thing over on multiple days. I write focus and finish every day. That's how I start every day. And connect with Betsy. And yeah, on on most days, connect with Betsy. Betsy's around. (laughs) Yeah, she's Exactly. Those are the things that you wish you would have done today. It helps to ensure every day is going to be a quality day, that it's not going to be a day that was wasted. Uh, You know, we all live these days that seem to go by. I can't stand wasted days. And so, you know, we all have different ways of defining what a wasted day is. But for me, if it's a day that I didn't uh, heavily invest and enjoy relationships, if a day that I wasn't productive and I didn't get things done, to me, that is not a a meaningful day. And so this ensures I live a meaningful day. Yeah. So the next section then is things I get to enjoy today. Isn't that funny? The first two questions you ask yourself are, what would I do if I could do this day differently? What would I do? And what do I get to enjoy today? Yeah. This is actually another psychological strategy. Yeah. It comes from this idea that psychologists found that one of the reasons people procrastinate, one of the reasons that people don't do the important work they're supposed to do is they believe subconsciously if they focus and do work, they'll be missing out Mm. on a more fun, entertaining life. And it's a negative association with focusing and doing work. Which is a huge thing right now, FOMO. But if you're afraid that you're going to miss out on a meaningful day, you're much less likely to get good, hard work done in the day. And so what this does is, when I say things I get to enjoy today, anytime the weather dips below 80 degrees, I always write cool weather, right? (laughs) Because here in Tennessee, it gets really hot. I get to write time with my wife, dinner with friends, a movie later on tonight. I love doing yard work. I get to do an hour of yard work yeah. later, those kinds of things. So at the very beginning of the day, what I'm telling my subconscious is, you're going to get to enjoy today. It's a sure thing. Yeah. So get to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do the work that you're supposed to do. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have an enjoyable day. You get to go eat Mexican food tonight yeah. with friends. You're going to have margaritas. This is going to be a beautiful, awesome day. And it also just shines the spotlight on something we want to shine the spotlight on, that this is a great day. Yeah. The mind, the subconscious, will always shine the spotlight on something negative. Mm-hmm. I have to do this work. I have mm-hmm. to write this email campaign. I have to do this thing, and I can't go outside and enjoy the day. And now I get to play Frisbee with a buddy this afternoon. I get to walk the dog. I get to take the dog to the yeah. lake. I get to eat Mexican food. That's four things I get to enjoy today. I might as well do three hours of hard work this morning and get this stuff done. It It works. It's a weird thing, but it works. And that's the reason that it's in the productivity schedule. Love it. Love it. So we've got the date. 
answering the question, if I could live today over again, what would you do differently? Things I get to enjoy today. And then now we come, which actually what people normally start their day with is looking at their calendar and looking at appointments. Right. And I give you seven appointments. You can have seven appointments. And if you have more than that, you probably have too many. (laughs) I typically have (laughs) two or three. Uh Uh-huh. But I like the other stuff first. And what do you mean by appointments? Talk to me. I mean, like I have a meeting at one o'clock. JJ and I are recording a podcast at one o'clock. We had a thing this morning. Betsy and I had to go to at 10 a.m. I had a you know a haircut later today. I just write down these things. These are the hard stops for me where I have to be somewhere and I have to get something Mm -hmm. done. So these are just natural things that you have to work around. But using the first two questions, you actually filter and you put in your appointments. And I think you should ask yourself with every appointment. Do I need to do this? Is this something that I want to repeat? Is this something that should be in my schedule based on Uh what I'm trying to get done? Every appointment to me feels like an interruption. Because it it is. It is. It's an interruption on getting important work done. And I think we have to ask ourselves, you know, are these appointments in line with our tasks that we're trying to do? I can't remember his name, but there's a gentleman who wrote, this is your brain on music, and he also wrote a book called The Organized Mind. And he talks about how the mind works, and he talks about the more that you can outsource the work of your mind, the better off you are. And he met with a bunch of really powerful people in order to create this book, and he wondered how they get so productive and how they get so much stuff done. He ended up meeting with Jimmy Carter and a bunch of other people, and he noticed when he was in a meeting with Jimmy Carter. Now, Jimmy Carter is former president, Mm -hmm. he's doing great work around Mm -hmm. the world, and he's extremely busy. But what he noticed is when he met with Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter was fully present in the meeting. He was not full of anxiety about the fact that he should be somewhere else. He yeah. wasn't like, get to the point, you know, because we've got a lot of work to do here. And he slowly realized that the way Jimmy Carter had structured his life, he had outsourced even his appointments. So, <laughs> so he, he just sits, didn't have to think about it at He all. sits down with his team and he says, here are the objectives. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Don't even let anybody get through to me who isn't going to help us accomplish these objectives. Yeah. Therefore, he knows if he has a meeting at 10 o'clock, it has everything to do with them getting done what they need to get done. Yeah. It's a fascinating approach, but until we have an assistant who's... Can do that, yeah. We need to do that ourselves. Yeah, and you we become need to, your own gatekeeper. You become your own gatekeeper. So then the next section goes into the to-do list. Right. So you've already now based your priorities and your purpose for the day, and now comes the to-do list. Right, and the to-do list is really a junk drawer. The point of the to-do list is to get all the cobwebs out of your brain so you can focus on what's important. You don't actually write on the to-do list the things that are most important. You write the things on the to-do list that you have to get done that matter but kind of don't matter at the same time. With my to-do list, I get some of them done. I don't get others done. But I know that the bottom of this sheet that says to-do... Those are not the important things. Those are the things that I have to do. And it's separating A-level important projects from B-level important projects. Me getting that chapter finished in that book will, two years from now, turn into a seven-figure revenue stream for my company. There's another email where a guy wants me to endorse his book about his Precious Moments figurine catalog (laughs) that he wrote. And I'm he's an right old buddy. Here. I'm right here. <laughs> he's <You> can... <laughs> an old buddy, and he wants me to endorse it. And any time I spend endorsing this guy's book about his precious moments, uh-huh. whatever. Which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> is a moment I'm not spending. But here's the thing. The brain doesn't know the difference. Yeah. The brain, unless you tell the brain, doesn't know the difference between finishing that chapter, which will lead to a seven-figure revenue stream two years from now, or you writing an endorsement for your buddy's book. It doesn't yep. know 
the difference. You have to put it on this productivity sheet and you have to separate it. And I put the stuff that feels urgent, but ultimately doesn't matter. I put that on the to-do list. And if I get to it, I get to it. If I don't, I don't, but I don't worry about it. What I worry about is what's next. Yes. Now we come to the meat of this, which is the next section. And on the page, the title at the top is Project 1, Project 2, and Project 3. And that's the point of the whole schedule. You are going to get done three important things today. That's it. And that's all I'm giving you. You, I'm not giving you four. Yeah. I'm not giving you five. Three. What are the three things that you need to work on today to advance your objective in the world? Yeah. These are not to-do lists. These are finishing writing that project, finish creating that video series, finish making those donor calls, you know, whatever it is. Because you actually will do a lot more during the day, but this really focuses, this is now where we're getting into the productivity piece. If you don't get something done on the stuff that you're trying to advance, I would consider that day a failure. Yeah. We think, well, it's been a really productive day. I knocked eight things off my to-do list. Really? But did you get the chapter finished? Because that's the only thing that actually mattered. Yeah. Was that chapter and you didn't get it done. And I'm dead serious, and people like Stephen Pressfield would agree with me. There is something trying to attack you getting something beautiful done. There is something that tries to attack meaningful work, and this is a defense against that. I only give you three things that you get to do today. Now, here's the thing. If we go out to my shed right now, I can grab my three-ring binder, and I've probably got 300 of these pages filled out. There's not a single one of them where I got to the third thing. Interesting. I have never gotten to it. Because the the first two are that important. The first two are that important, and they were big. Yeah. But the idea behind the planner is that you would know the three important things today. And don't feel bad if you don't get to all three of them. You got to one. You might have gotten to two. But you advanced on the day. You advanced Mm -hmm. toward the project. You know, it's like if we were coaching a football team. And we stay really busy keeping all the players hydrated. And we stay really busy (laughs) making sure the players know the calls. You know, we worked our butts off. Everybody is exhausted. But we never moved the ball down the field. Yeah. That is a failure. Yep. Most of us with our work and the companies that we're running and the objectives that we're trying to drive into the world, we don't really understand the game. And the game is to get Three important things done. That's where the ball actually moves down the field. And you think hydrating the players, running bottles back and forth to the front line. While important. While important. (laughs) It keeps the game going. It's not the game. They don't give you points for that. And so your to-do list has to be seen as the minor part of what you're trying to do. And yes, if you have some people frustrated because you haven't returned their email... That's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get used to. But the bottom line is, if that has to go so that you can get project one done, then that has to go. Okay. So we have the three major projects that you have placed down. Only three. But then within those, kind of the next section is there's two little tools that you use with those projects. Yeah. A little visual reminder. You have a brain icon. Let's talk about that first. There's a picture, literally a picture of a brain. On here. On here. There's three, there's pictures of actually three Three brains. brains One is fully shaded. The next is half shaded. And the next is almost empty. And the way you would look at that is almost like a fuel gauge. Listen, so the brain is technically an organ, but it works like a muscle in the sense that the more you use it, the more tired it gets. It's not unlike you waking up and taking like a 20-pound barbell and you lifting that in the morning. If you have a 20-pound barbell in the morning, you're going to be able to do that 20 times with yeah. relative ease and you're going to be like, hey, that wasn't a workout. But try doing that every 30 minutes. And what happens by the sixth hour? 
that 20 pound barbell is going to feel like a thousand pounds eh, for most people. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with the brain, JJ. Yeah. The reason I put those brain icons there is on project one in the morning, you are operating at a hundred percent capacity. The more you think, the more weary your brain gets. So you can give a good three hours to that first project on a hundred percent. By the time you get past that three hours, you're operating at 80% mental capacity. By five o'clock, you're down to about 30% yeah. mental capacity. Yeah. Here's the thing. If you start knocking out your to-do list and answering emails, you're giving your best hours to yes. junk drawer tasks. Yes. You've got to focus on what's most important mm -hmm. first. I'll tell you, even this morning, I only had 30, 45 minutes this morning. I woke up. I had a big thing with the state of Tennessee this morning across town. So I only had from about 7 to a little before 8 a.m. to get any work done this morning. What I used to get done in six hours, I got done in 45 minutes yeah. because I knew I'm going to be really focused, really strong, and I got the entire introduction to a video course written in 45 minutes. If you just understand how the brain works, all time does not work the same. Yeah. You know, imagine you're a runner. And you wake up in the morning and you run 20 miles getting your dry cleaning, going to the donut shop, <laughs> uh, running over to buy pet food. And then you get back and then you go, okay, I think I'm going to start my job my, now yeah. as a runner. Yeah. You're, you're going to be the worst yeah. runner. Yeah. And we do that with our brains. Yes. This took me a long time because as a young writer in my early 20s, I wrote a lot of books at night. I would stay up till 2 a.m. and I'd put on some music and I'd smoke my pipe and I'd think <laughs> I was John Steinbeck. I tell you, the 45-year-old writer, I'm in bed by 9 o'clock. <laughs> Betsy and I hit Sizzler at 4. We've got to buy one, get one free coupon to the buffet. We watch Matlock and we're in bed. <laughs> That's the way a writer should live. And 6.30 a.m., I'm getting up and those are the fine hours. And so yeah. I put the brain icon in there to show you that, look, if you're waiting till 3 o'clock in the afternoon or Project 3 to work on this thing, I want you to know you're operating at 30% capacity. Yeah. And you might as well call it a day and start in the morning because you're going to get a lot more done in the morning. Yeah. Well, another visual reminder you have on here is two little letters, H and M, yeah. which stands for hour and minute. Hour and minute. And most people would say, look, from 2 to 4, I'm going to work on this project. I think that's great. A lot of minds are able to do that, but not a great percentage. That is an extremely linear thinker who can say from two to four, I'm going to work on this. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, let's say from two to four, you're going to work on this, but you don't get there till 2.30. And then you actually have to cut out at 3.30. What you do is you reinforce negative associations with that work. You say, well, I was going to do four hours here or two hours here, but I only got an hour done. And you kick yourself. Mm -hmm. The reason I put hour and minute is I actually want you to sit down and focus on something. And then when you're done, when your brain needs a break, and it tends to need a 15-minute break every 90 minutes in order to maintain mm -hmm. productivity. It mm -hmm. need, that's why we run around our backyard here at the office and play Frisbee golf. It takes 15 minutes to throw a Frisbee at a tree. We come back and everybody is sharp and productive again. Yeah. So I want everybody to work until you're tired on something, then write down in hindsight how many hours and minutes you devoted to that project. Yeah. And what it is, it becomes a positive association. Yeah. Instead of saying, I was supposed to work for four hours, only work for three, you actually say, well, I worked for three and a half yeah. hours on that. I feel really great. I did three and a half hours of important work today, yeah. moving the plot forward on something that I was trying to get done. So that's the whole schedule. Yeah. And it really reverse engineers the way the mind works. It helps us be more productive. 
we like our day more, yeah. we like our life more, and ultimately we get more meaningful work done in the world, and we defeat this villainous yeah. evil that is trying to keep us from doing beautiful yeah. things. and get to enjoy life. You get to enjoy life. I love it. So we have kind of all these sections. We have the date. You start with the date. We're going to, today we're going to accomplish something, and we're going to yes. make sure that this day is full. You own the day. Own the day. Then talk about, if I could live today over again, this is what I'd you do. keep yourself from regretting this day before the day even starts. Yep. And then you go into things that I get to enjoy today. The yeah, stuff. you remind yourself that life is, in fact, really beautiful, and it's okay to sacrifice some of these hours to yeah, do hard to do work it, that you may not want to do. You're going to have a good day. That's right. And then you write down the appointments you get and your, limit your appointments. Yeah, you filter your appointments. Why are you meeting with this person? Why are you doing this thing? Yep. Is it helping you? Is it in line with your goals? That's a constant, constant checking of the oil in your engine. Yeah. And then you write down the to-do list, which is kind of your junk drawer, you the stuff the, to get it cobwebs out of your brain. Get the unimportant stuff out of your brain. You might get to it, you might not, but it's not what's important. And then the three important projects, you yes. limit it to three. Limit it to three. And the most important at the top, where you're using your most brain capacity. Where you have 100% of your brain capacity, you and start with that. marking down how many hours you actually engage as a positive So you feel great about the work that you did. And then we have one last little section the on bottom, the bottom yeah. here, just two short lines but in capital letters, real big, you have the words, my life theme. Yeah. And that's the foundation for the whole sheet. But I actually filled out last. Yeah. And I want to make sure that the foundation for this whole sheet, that everything sits on top of this foundation. This theme, my life theme, it should be my year's theme or my season's yeah. theme or whatever, because it does evolve for me. I want to help people, and the point of story brand, the point of this podcast, point of everything we do, is to help people be seen, heard, and understood. There's people who are dying to get something into the world, something really important, yeah. but they're so close to it, they can't communicate what that is. So Story brand exists to help get their story into the world. That needs to be my theme. But when I write that at the bottom of this productivity schedule, it causes me to question everything that's yeah. in this. So there are some things like I'm trying to finish a book, I'm trying to create a curriculum, but there are a couple authors, and I'm full, please don't send me your manuscript. <laughs> there are a couple authors that I'm helping work on their book. Mm -hmm. And that would normally be a distraction. I'd say, Don, why are you doing that? That's not advancing this. But when I look at my theme to help yeah. people get their story into the world, to help people be seen, heard, and understood, I think, you know what, that actually opts in Fits. because it is helping them be seen, heard, and understood. Yeah. And so it just gives me a filter. So when somebody calls and says, uh, you know, Dom, we have this great movement where we're trying to, you know, rescue pets or save the rainforest or something, I think to myself, that's a really great thing, but it doesn't fit into my theme unless you want me to help you clarify your message so you can do that, yeah, yeah. and then I'm in. But yeah. I'd rather focus on what's important in my life right now in order to get something done than to scatter my focus like ashes in the wind yeah. <laughs> and not have much of an influence on anything. Yeah. Oh, I love it. If this is going to help you, which I believe it will, the StoryBrand productivity schedule, go to buildingastorybrand.com slash worksheet. You can download this right now, print out 50 of these, put them in a three-ring binder, and use this to focus your day so that you can be more productive in this new year. Yeah, and I challenge you. I challenge you to do it for a month. Just do yeah. it for a month, and at the end of that month, I promise you, 
you will have gotten more done than you could possibly believe. Yeah. <laughs> it really is a powerful tool. We don't get anything from this. This is completely free. Yeah, we are yeah, not no. selling this. It's a tool that I personally have used for years. It's going to help you get a lot more done. I'm, I'm such a geek about it. Please <laughs> let us know. <laughs> yeah. Email us. Let us know how it's gone for you. I yeah. want to hear stories. Uh, let's just be the secret group of people who downloaded this worksheet oh. online. And for absolutely free... Yeah. Increased our productivity. And how amazing would it be at the end of the year to collect stories of like oh, people man. who, like how many projects were completed this year? How many books were written? How I, many lives were yeah. changed? How many products got released because of this schedule? Oh, I love it. Those are the stories I love. Yep. So fun. Well, JJ, we're going to keep going this year on the Building a Story Room podcast, offering great content that helps people in tangible ways yeah. grow their company. I love the Story Brand Productivity Schedule. Next week, we actually have an interview with John Lowry. John Lowry is a lawyer. He's a negotiation expert. And I took a course, oh, geez, it must have been a year or two years ago, uh -huh. called Negotiation Navigator. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it was a two-day course where these lawyers taught us to think like lawyers. And everything from like buying a lawnmower to buying some land and negotiating a real estate deal. What do you do when you go in and somebody wants this much money for something and you don't want to pay that? Yeah. How do you even begin that conversation? That's the next episode of the Building a Story Brand podcast, a conversation with John Lowry on how to negotiate. It's so good and you're going to like it so much. I just wanted you to hear a little clip. It's a great teaser. You're going to love this. Here's a little clip of me talking to John. So one of the things about negotiation is that it is consequential. And so how you do really matters. And uh, what we tell folks all the time is that your success is largely dependent upon how well you negotiate. Yeah. And this is a skill set that is by many have, they've learned it on the job. Mm -hmm. uh, they've learned it through their experience. But the reality is there's a lot to it that can be mastered that if people just spend a little bit of time thinking about it, it's amazing how their success can grow exponentially. Well, I know you're going to hear that. It's another 45 minutes of great stuff, really practical information that you can use in negotiation. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast. Music from this episode is from Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's music on Spotify or iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.